So what evidence do you have that we live in a spiritual world? As you're thinking about that, I wanted to tell you a story of when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we went to Shano Lake, Wisconsin, um, and my uh, sister is here, so I remember uh, being with Grandpa. And we went out on a pontoon boat, and we caught uh, fish all day. Here's what a pontoon boat looks like. We filled up five-gallon buckets with uh, bluegill and rainbow trout. We were to make a great supper that night. And I remember uh, playing out on a sandbar. Does anyone know what a sandbar is? Yeah, of course. So you have the the shallow water and the sand that you can play in and stand up in. So uh, perfect for kids. And when I was done uh, playing in the sandbar, the pontoon boat came and picked me up. And they came front ways, and I was trying to get up this ladder. The only problem is I fell off it. And the pontoon boat was keeping on going. What this meant is that I was trapped underneath these the buoys here and the deck here, and I was going straight towards the engine that was still on. I had the wherewithal within seconds to get in the water and swim away from the noise. But it is this experience with a pontoon boat that helped me appreciate this passage. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands and sometimes put you down in the waters <laughs> so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Friends, I believe in angels. I believe that there is a God who sends them to protect his believers, to protect and guard us in all of our ways. In fact, do you have a story? It's one of my favorite things to talk about in Starting Point. Sometimes when uh, broaching this conversation, uh, we talk about their own experiences, and uh, I've heard many different things. Uh, many have to do with cars, of a car that was headed towards a pole and swerved away from the pole, and they didn't do it, of someone who was stranded in the countryside, and uh, guests came, and they're like, well, where did he come from, and then left mysteriously when it was all fixed and ready to go. And what I believe is this, this first takeaway that we live in a highly spiritual world. Even when it comes to our own bodies. I was talking to Pastor Jeff. There's so much emphasis on, on taking care of our physical side and our emotional side and our mental side. But what about the soul and the spiritual side? For you are not just a physical being. You are a spiritual one. Consider what God said uh, through the words of Jesus do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Yes, there is a spiritual reality in this world. So one way to look at the world is kind of like looking at an iceberg. Um, you see some things on the surface, but there's so much more deeper. And I believe that's what's going on in our own lives. There are some things playing out right now. There are things we can see, but there's this whole spiritual side beneath it all that is so important. And something I've recognized, I don't know if you have, our world is catching on to the spiritual side of things. As an example, I don't know what your neighborhood looks like or your house looks like, uh, but lately we're decorating as much for Halloween as for Christmas. Yes? No? Um, and, and people are interested in the spiritual side of things. Uh, we're seeing uh, emphasis on zombies, that's been for a while, um, and uh, whether it be in TV shows, um, emphasis on ghosts. In fact, I'm old. I grew up with Ghostbusters. Um, they have a new one coming out. Uh, there is interest in this spiritual side of things. Which leads me to my question, do you believe in ghosts? To explore this a little bit through the lens of God's word, God actually tells us a little bit about 
uh, what's going on in our lives. He doesn't refer to ghosts as those who are still here trying to fulfill their purpose. Uh, in fact, some clarifying passages from God's word, uh, one's from Hebrews that says this, people are destined to die once and after to face judgment. So if someone stuck around in order to fulfill their purpose, no, we actually die and then are facing our judgment. In fact, another clarifying passage, Jesus was with a thief on the cross who he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But are there ghosts? Yeah. In fact, when I was growing up, uh, we referred to the third part of the Holy Spirit, uh, the third part of the Trinity, as the Holy Ghost. The, the Greek word there is pneuma, which can mean spirit or life, uh, breath, ghost, um, a life force, basically. Um, but I thought um, during this spiritual sense of things, we would talk a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's get into the Word of God that clarifies that work. Uh, what we have today is the words of Jesus. Um, we have him explaining a little bit of how the Godhead works, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And uh, we're, our reading is from John chapter 16. In honor of the word of God, I'm going to invite you to stand as we hear these words. So it says, But now I am going away to him who sent me. And now one of you asks me, Where are you going? If because I have told you these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is good for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counselor, also reference to the Holy Ghost, the paraclete, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. About judgment, because the ruler of the world has been condemned. I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. And this is why I said that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. I just love this interplay that describes kind of the Trinity, how the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus and Jesus from the Father, and they're all together. But this is the powerful word of God. Please be seated. Does anyone remember the movie The Sixth Sense? As I was considering ghosts, this definitely came to mind. Um, a movie by M. Night Shyamalan, uh, kind of a shocker at the end. And if you haven't seen it, here's the premise. Uh, this is a little boy who can um, uh, interact with ghosts. And the character played by Bruce Willis uh, tries to help him with this. And the big line from that movie is, I see dead people. Absolutely. I was considering this interplay of ghosts and, and, and just how Hollywood perceives them. But then I was thinking of the Holy Ghost and its work. Because if you have the Holy Ghost working with you, it's not dead people that you're able to see, but rather you can see Jesus. Through the Holy Ghost, you can see God and the things of God. In fact, if you're taking notes, here's the first one. The Holy Ghost reveals the mysteries of our God. The greatest is that we have a Savior from sin. The greatest that we have life and salvation all as a gift. That's what Paul was talking about in Corinthians when he said in these words, 
What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. How awesome that we have the Holy Ghost that gives us a vision over who the Savior is. But what was really interesting about this lesson was its context, its backstory. I want to tell you a little about what's going on. Uh, Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples. We kind of know what it looked like for the artist Leonardo da Vinci. Um, and uh, a lot of things were going on in John chapters 13 through 17. Uh, he had washed their feet. He had instituted the Lord's Supper. Uh, he had told Peter he was going to deny him and Judas he was going to betray him. But the big thing that they picked up on is that he was going to leave them. The one thing they did remember, as they were confused about many of the other things, is that he was going to leave. And they were troubled. They were disheartened that Jesus was going away. This kind of reminded me of how often we get troubled. And I wanted to ask you, when, when you get troubled, where do you go to for comfort? Where do you go to in order to uh, find relief and find perspective? I was reading a news story about a horrible accident in the Boston area, and a four-year-old was pulled from the wreck who needed comfort. And before a first responder could get there, there was a lady who gave a blanket around the shoulders, held her, and said it was going to be okay, how much that four-year-old needed comfort. As I consider our comfort and how to comfort people today, Jesus, as talking about the Holy Ghost, says, this is how you will be comforted, through the Holy Ghost. He said to his disciples, I'm telling the truth. Actually, it's good, it's profitable, advantageous for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now this is interesting to me because if I had to pick um, whether to live at the time of Jesus and have a faith life or to live without Jesus being present, I probably would have picked living by Jesus. I don't know about you. I would have liked to see his miracles, see him rise from the dead, maybe hear him teach and preach. I would think that that would be an extraordinary experience for my faith. But this passage is so shocking. It says, actually, it's good if I'm away. It's profitable, advantageous, because then the Holy Ghost will come. And I think of what happened on Pentecost, how the Holy Ghost opened people's eyes to know Jesus. I think of all those during the time of Jesus who didn't believe, even though they saw the miracles and heard him teach and preach. So as I consider what Jesus is saying, I believe we should never underestimate the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes to us as we hear the word, as we receive the sacraments, and what a blessing that is. But with that, where do you go for comfort? Isn't it true that so often we can turn to other things? We can turn to our friends first, our family members, Netflix and pop psychology. And not that any of those things are all bad, but we often neglect to go first to our God to hear from him and pray to him. Which is why I love these moments where he shows up through his word. Which is why I love this day this day is a great day because we actually have two baptisms. Two baptisms that, for anyone who knows the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, just celebrates like none other. Because through the washing of rebirth in the Word, 
What does the Holy Ghost do? He enables tiny souls to see Jesus and know him as Lord and Savior. It reminds me of our own baptisms, where again, we were made alive to see and know Jesus as Savior, to know what the cross and resurrection means for us. In fact, I love these moments because it is through the word that maybe if you're watching online, you're being convinced that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is true and Jesus is real. How awesome is this? But the Holy Ghost re reveals even more particulars. Um, and to talk about that, I want to talk about our circuit meeting we had this week. Uh, pastors got together in our area and we were talking about what the Holy Ghost does. And namely that the Holy Ghost uh, gives us words to say even when we're not prepared of what to say. Uh, he informs us, uh, whether we're counseling someone or, or praying about something, um, in, in order to say things on behalf of God. And, and I suppose we could take this to its nth degree that we never have to study God's word because the Spirit will give us. Um, but actually, it is good to prepare. Um, up here, by the way, I'm not just free-flying. I do have a, a script kind of lined out for you, even though I believe in the Holy Ghost working through the word. Um, but it was interesting as we were talking about this and talking about spiritual conversations, one brother shared a principle from Scripture that was what another brother was wrestling with this past week. And the brother was teaching on this principle when it comes to baptism. And the other brother is like, man, I was wondering about that myself. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He informs us about what's going on. And so in particular, I believe what the Holy Spirit does, he convicts us on what is right and wrong. In your life, you might not know exactly what to do and where to go the Holy Ghost can lead you. And not only give you insight, like a lamp in a dark place, he can actually make you want to do that thing. I don't know if the Holy Ghost has ever done this for you, where, where you kind of go to your father and say, Father, if I could be anything other, anything different, if you could make me into only what pleases you, could you do that? The desire to be only what God wants us to be comes from the Holy Ghost. But just as he convicts us on what is right, he also convicts us on what is wrong. Have you ever lived under a lie or lived knowing that you were wrong and been convicted in your heart of hearts? I consider those who have lived under lies, I don't know if you know who this is, this is uh, Kenneth Lay, the CEO of Enron. Enron was one of the biggest uh, bankruptcies, um, and uh, he was at the helm during that time. And he was convicted of security fraud in 2006. But before he was ever sentenced for that, he actually died of a heart attack. And it was seen that he actually had a heart attack before that one. And there's a part of me that wonders, was he suffering so poorly because he was living under a lie? Because he knew he was living under something wrong and what that does. This is what the Holy Spirit does once again. It says when he comes, he will convict the world about sin. And so our next takeaway, um, again, is that he convicts us of right and wrong. And, and maybe you've lived with that pit in your stomach, that pit that, man, I'm in the wrong, and that pit has a purpose. It is to drive you to Jesus the Savior, that, that pit to drive you to get forgiveness through him. But something else I experience as a pastor is so many times people believe uh, this message is too good to be true. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where something was just too good to be true. 
I had an iteration of it this last week. I'm getting these text messages out of nowhere that say I want a free PlayStation 5. Walmart is holding two free PlayStation 5s for me. I got the same one in the week. And, and, um, and, and teens, I can't give you my free PlayStation 5 um, because I, I didn't pursue it because what I believe, it's too good to be true. They don't give away free PlayStation 5s anymore than they give away free Porsches, right? As a pastor, so many people have been trained in too good to be true. And they look at me and they say, man, um, so you're saying I don't have to do anything for salvation? You're saying that heaven is a gift? You're saying that anything I've done or anything that I could do when it comes to sin is covered by the blood of Jesus? Absolutely. But the only way that you're ever going to believe that is through the work of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was described doing this about righteousness. He's going to convict us about righteousness because he's going to the Father and you will no longer see me. So what we know is the Holy Spirit convicts us that we are right with God. And anyone who is hearing this message today or watching online, you can have peace with God through Jesus. It doesn't matter how clean your life is right now. It doesn't matter what you're wrestling with. It doesn't matter your experience. Right now, in this moment, you can have peace with God as the Holy Spirit convinces us of that. A final thing that the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost also um, warns us about spiritual dark forces. Isn't it true that not everything that is popular is good? I don't know what in this life right now is popular that you would say isn't good. I was hearing from one of our college kids who went off this year and was in a class and was learning something that was very popular, something very trendy, but wasn't good. And through the power of the Holy Ghost was convicted that they needed to stand up and say, no, this isn't what God's word says. This isn't going to be a good grade or a good class for me. Isn't that what God does through his Holy Ghost? As we continue on, the Holy Ghost convicts us about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. The ruler of this world is a reference to the devil. That he has such a hold, such a grasp on the ideologies, on the people of this day. And the Holy Spirit says not everything that is popular is good. So it reminds me a little bit about this time. And I know that for many people, Halloween is about dressing up. Many people, it's about getting to know the neighbors. But if I could warn you, um, there can be an unhealthy interest in the things of the dark world. Uh, one of our professors in the Wells Circles was Siegbert Beckert, who wrote a book called Wizards That Peep. And, and he said afterwards that he was kind of glad to be done with the study because he was gaining an unhealthy interest in things that were real. There was actual power in that territory that he was glad to be done considering. And so a note that the Holy Ghost warns us about the devil. Warns us that the ideologies, what's popular in this world, what's going on in this world, isn't always good. Now, if you are in the Lord, you don't have to be scared of the devil. The devil is not um, equal to God, um, equal in power. No, the devil is a dog on God's leash. But you don't want to get so close to the dog that he bites you. So be warned during this time that there is a devil. 
Stay awake. You know, I don't know all the gifts that you've been given in life. Some of the biggest gifts you've been given may be a diamond ring, maybe a house or a car. But seeing things are right, the, the, the best thing that we've ever been given is the ghost, the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost gives us eyes to see Jesus and hearts to hold him and hands and feet that want to live out the directives of our God. May you appreciate all that this ghost does for you as you use the word and the sacraments. And may you have the peace that God has for you. Amen.